This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up? What's up? What's up? How are we doing? How are we doing? And welcome to episode 180, episode 180 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you had a great weekend. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some great podcasts like Music You're Missing, A Chance to Strive, Rambling with the Purpose, The Hobby, Be Fit. 30 Flirty and Surviving, Burnt Toast, Boston Uncommon with Joe Mass, Drinks After Work, I'm the Promoter, He's the DJ, Eat the Damn Cake, and so many other great podcasts. And of course, you can always check out Big Night Breaks if you're into sports cards every single weeknight, whatnot, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, personals, group breaks, you name it, they got it. You can always go down in person, check out the Card Vault and a Patriot Place in Foxborough, Massachusetts, and you can follow Big Night Media on Instagram at Big Night Media to get free tickets every single Tuesday for Timmy Ticket Tuesday for free tickets at Big Night Live. Don't forget to check out your Banner Banter Podcast merchandise at BigNightShop.com. Click the Big Night Media tab, support the podcast. Thanks so much. And a quick announcement, um, we've been having watch parties. Uh, Green Runs Deep and I have been uh, hosting watch parties for Celtics games. We did it for Game 7 against the Heat. We've done it for the first two games of the NBA Finals. Um, They are being held at Studio B, which is attached to Big Night Live, and we're going to do two more this week. And they are going to be for Games 3 and 4. That's right, right at home. Wednesday night, Friday night, 21-plus event, 20 bucks a pop. We've sold out two out of the three so far. Game 7 sold out. Game 2 sold out. Game 1 was about 25 tickets away from selling out. You can't get any closer to the garden. Big Night Live is attached to the garden. Get your tickets now. Tickets are now on sale. Go to Ticketmaster.com. Go to BigNightLive.com. Get your tickets. You're guaranteed a spot. You won't have to wait in all the lines. If you can't go to the game, this is the place to be. Food, or what furred, whatever the hell I just said. Food, drinks, music, uh, 20-foot TV. We got it all. Check it out. Come on down. It's a lot of fun. Hopefully the Celtics will win, and that's that. So let's talk about uh, Game 2, unfortunately, shall we? Celtics lose in just a flat-out embarrassing way, 107-88. to 88. I mean, Andre Iguodala didn't play tonight for them, and it didn't matter because the Warriors' bench is so deep. The Warriors are so deep as a team. It's absolutely unbelievable. Excuse me. Um, but, like, it's just crazy that a former NBA Finals MVP didn't play for them tonight, and they were better. Like, that's absolutely uh, unbelievable. And it's also unbelievable how hurt Robert Williams is. I mean, I feel so bad for him. To start that third quarter, 
I don't know what Ime was doing. I don't know if Rob just told him to shut the fuck up or what, but like the beginning of that third quarter, Rob Williams did not look healthy. He did not look like he should be out on the floor. He's giving it his all, and I, I'm, I'm very thankful for it, but I feel so bad for him. And I'm really concerned he won't be able to play game four because you know we, we're having two game or I'm sorry, two days in between each game except for games three and four because it'll be Wednesday, Friday. So I'm very interested and very concerned about the health of Rob Williams. I really hope this injury doesn't affect him in the future. He's such an important part to this team. So props to him for playing as hard as he did, as he does. Now, before I really start spiraling about this game, I, I do just have two things to say. Number one, I strongly dislike Jordan Poole. Like, I dislike Jordan Poole so much. He thinks he's so much better than he actually is. Now, this isn't on like a Kyle Lowry type of level, okay? I mean, he's a terrible defender. He fouls on every single play. He carries the ball every single time, and he thinks that he is the second coming of Steph Curry just because he hit that half-court shot to end the third quarter, which was a bunch of bullshit. I don't like Jordan Poole. I don't. Now, like, you want to talk about Draymond Green? I have no issues with Draymond Green. I mean, Draymond Green might be a Hall of Famer. No joke. And he can back up his talk very well. I mean, after game one, he said he wasn't concerned about Marcus Smart, Al Horford, and Derek White hitting so many threes. And guess what? He was spot on. I mean, minus DW9 tonight, Al and Marcus were fucking awful. Like, God awful tonight. They were so bad. And listen, I know Draymond is very annoying. He flops, he flails, he yells, all of that. But if he was on the Celtics, everyone would love him. Everyone would love him. And, and, and you know it, too. And, and speaking of people I don't love, let's talk about number 12, shall we? Wh- where are all the number 12 diehards at? You seem very quiet because he's been fucking awful these last two weeks. After his 25-point game, which was impressive, congrats on the sex, number 12, but, like, awful. He thinks that he can get into Draymond Green's head. <laughs> There's no way Draymond Green wrote that book in this series. And, like, Grant Williams trying to get in the face of Draymond Green. I mean, Draymond Green was laughing at him, and I was laughing at him too. It's hilarious that number 12 thinks he can do that. But, like, here's the thing. As great as a defender as Draymond is and as great as a manipulator Draymond may be, the Celtics cannot let Draymond Green get under their skin. They can't do it. It's so annoying. Like, who cares if Draymond Green tried to pull down your shorts, Jalen Brown? Was it annoying? Yes. Should he have gotten a tactical foul? Yes. Oh, yeah. And speaking of Jordan Poole real quick, can we talk about that bullshit call by the NBA? Listen, I'm not a big refs person, but, like, we all know he wasn't protecting himself for Derek White to jump over him. We can all agree there? Okay, fine. But, like, the Celtics cannot let Draymond Green get under their skin. He did that tonight. But... Of course, you know, the topic from everyone and their mother tonight, I'm probably outside the Boston media because the Boston media is going to rip Marcus Smart, a new one. Oh, man. Whether it's WEI, the Sports Hub, NBC Sports Boston, Nesson, whoever it is, they are going to destroy Marcus Smart for his terrible game tonight. Absolutely destroy. And speaking about getting destroyed, what the national media is going to be talking about is how the Celtics got absolutely killed in the third quarter 35 to 14 
they lost the third quarter, 35 to 14. And, you know, everyone was just like, oh, man, I can't believe the Warriors only scored 16 points in the fourth quarter of game one. And the Celtics says, like, hold my beer. We're only going to score 14. Celtics shot four of 17 from the field and had five turnovers in the third. Like, that's so bad. That's so bad. Now, here's here's some positivity for you, okay? Or at least I'm going to try. I'm going to stretch it out as best as I can here. So far in this series... Just in the third quarter, the uh, the Warriors are a plus 35. That's right. The Warriors are 35 points better combined in both games 1 and 2 than the Boston Celtics. 35 points. But in quarters 1, 2, and 4, the Celtics are a plus 28. So that's good, right? That's some positivity. And, you know, if you're chirping in the back, well, yeah, I mean, they won the... What did they do? They won the uh, the fourth quarter in game one by 24 points. Yeah, so they're still four points better than the Warriors in quarters one, two, and four, plus 28 overall if you just take away the third quarter. And the Celtics are a minus 35 against the Warriors in the third quarter. So, like, what happens at halftime? Like, what happens in the locker room? I mean, as Celtics fans, we've had to deal with this forever. Like, forever. Sandlot forever like it and we've never gotten an answer like what happens who says what like do they take naps do they do ssr you know sustained silent reading like what happens because it's absurd are adjustments not made they talk about where they want to go to dinner like do they all have like chicken parm and their bodies are bloated and like what do they do the offense just always looks so stagnant everyone just stands around you have to move without the ball like the Celtics, <clears throat> the Celtics, like, how can I put this the right way? When Brad Stevens was the coach, Brad Stevens always just tried to tell the team it's, it's better to hit a single than try to get a home run every time. And, you know, in a nutshell, that's basically what he said. And now they're, they're just striking out in the third quarter and I don't get it. I'll never understand it. And when you think about the five things that I talked about that I wanted the Celtics to do in episode 178, you know, I mentioned, number one, I want them to handle the pressure of not having experience in the NBA Finals. And I think they did that in game one by winning that fourth quarter, 40 to 16 or whatever the hell it was. And then number two, the bench has to step up. And they haven't. If you take away Derek White, yeah, if you take away Derek White, what has number 12, Daniel Tice, or Peyton Pritchard done in this series? Nothing. Otto Porter Jr. stepped up in game one. Iggy stepped up in game one. Jordan Poole was terrible in game one, but very good in game two. Uh, you had, um, oh God, who's their center that came in tonight that scored like six points? Oh, his last name begins with a B. I'm having a brain fart. Anyways, even he stepped up. And listen, I know Tice had a pretty, pretty okay game in game one, but like 26 Warriors. Um, <clears throat> wow. I'm pretty sure my whole body just exploded right there, or tried to. But 26 bench points for the Warriors, 22 for the Celtics. And listen, the Celtics are controlling Klay Thompson. They're making him a shot maker versus a shot taker, which is huge because Klay Thompson likes to come off of curls, catch and shoot versus dribble, 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 and try and do a fadeaway, kind of like how Jalen Brown does at the uh, at the free throw line or the elbow, whatever the case may be. Because, listen, no one is worried about Looney. Yeah, I know he had double figures tonight, but whatever. And Draymond sucks offensively. I mean, at least shooting the ball because he can pass the ball, and the Celtics have to 
be worried about that because the Celtics can't allow any more backdoor cuts for easy hoops. I mean, that must have happened, what, seven or eight times tonight where the Warriors got wide open lamps because the Celtics just collapse on whoever has the ball and there's no weak side help and there's literally someone just standing under the rim getting hoops. That's how Andrew Wiggins got a couple of his hoops in game one. That's how Looney got all of his points in game two. It's absolutely ridiculous and annoying. And then what was number three? that I mentioned. Oh yeah, Jason Tatum. He has to make the right plays. And listen, at one point during the game, Tatum had four turnovers in 16 minutes. Overall, he was a, I think he was a minus 36, which is just insane to even think about. He went from 13 assists to three assists, but listen, he shot the ball well, so I'm not too upset about it. Could he have done more? Sure. Did he miss some free throws? Yeah, I think like in the third quarter, Jalen and Jason missed three or four free throws each, which isn't going to help you in any way, shape, or form, especially when they were trying to come back too. You know, I think uh, they were down 10, Jalen missed a free throw, and then they were down 13, and then Jalen, Jason, I think, came down, got fouled, made one of two, and then made one of two again. And like, that's just not how you, you have to get all of your points when you're trying to catch up to the Warriors. You just can't get some, you got to do it all. Um, what else? Oh yeah, closing out quarters was uh, was number four on my list. And I, I didn't think the Celtics did a terrible job closing out the, the quarters, but the issue were turnovers when they were trying to close out the quarters. Late in that third quarter, turnovers. Late in that second qu- quarter, when they were trying to close out, turnovers. The Celtics had 19 fucking turnovers tonight. And listen, I'm going to pound this stat into your head so you wake up and think about it every single morning before you look at TikTok all night or all morning long. The Celtics are 13-2 and when they have 15 turnovers or less. They are now 0-6 when they have 15 turnovers or more, uh, 16 turnovers or more. So 15 turnovers or anything below that, 13-2. and 16 or more, 0-6. The Warriors scored 33 points off of Celtics turnovers tonight. That's the only way at one point the Warriors were scoring the ball. Easy hoops. And listen, I thought the Celtics did a better job. I know I mentioned in episode 179 to stop doing the drop screens. Daniel Tice did it one time. It, it really, that was like the end of the game. I think that's when the Warriors kind of like went up 17. Daniel Tice dropped instead of going up top. And there was a couple good screens that Draymond set to kind of push Al Horford into the paint after a pick and roll screen already. So I, I thought the Celtics did a better job. I think Steph hit a lot more contested shots tonight and listen if Steph Curry played the way that he did tonight I don't think the reason why the Warriors won tonight was because of Steph Curry I think the reason why the Warriors won tonight is because the Celtics fucking sucked in plain English but like you have to take care of the fucking basketball I mean how many times did the Celtics try to force a pass like two feet from the hoop I mean, the Warriors have very active hands. Take the shot. It's better than trying to force a pass. I mean, I, I remember one time Al Horford was literally being defended by Steph Curry in the paint, and he went up for the shot and went, oh, look, there's Grant Williams, a.k.a. number 12. I can't believe I just called him Grant Williams. Shows how angry I am. I can't even think straight. But number 12 was literally cutting, and Al was just like, oh, yeah, I'll pass it to him instead. While he was technically kind of being defended by Steph Curry, shoot over Steph Curry. Don't force the pass. And then Marcus Smart was forcing stupid passes. I mean, there was one that was completely Jason Tatum's fault in the first quarter where Jason Tatum was 
going to the hoop and then stopped cutting and Marcus dropped it. But then there was another time Marcus forced it. I thought Marcus was terrible tonight. And that's fine. Marcus can step up. I thought he played a very good game one. It happens, but it can't be repetitive. And then the last thing that I mentioned in episode, um, oh God, in episode one, 178, Jalen Brown has to be the most important player. And listen, Jalen Brown started off very strong. Would he go four or four, four or five, give or take? But after that bullshit, foul calling Gary Payton the second or junior whatever the hell it's called whatever the hell he's called where Jalen didn't touch him he just fell to the ground and the rest are probably like oh my god Gary Payton fell again we have to call a foul after that I think it really got into Jalen's head because that was Jalen's second foul it was in the first quarter and I think Jalen went one of ten maybe one and eleven the rest of the way which means the ref got into his head which is immature which you it can't happen but real quickly just because I'm already on a negative Nancy uh, road here because, you know, it's just one game. I mean, w- let's be honest. We all knew that this series was going to go at least six games, six or seven games. You know, like there's no way this series goes five, right? But the Celtics now have home court. The Celtics technically did what they had to do. They split. So there's three home games left at TD Garden, two home games left at the Chase Center. So the Celtics did what they had to do. But, oh, I don't know why I keep burping. My apologies. But, like, here's the thing. The Celtics are 3-4 and four in their last seven home playoff games. They have a losing record. Because of the Nets series, it's actually 5-4. and four, But let's talk about everything that has happened after the Nets series. There, there, there is some good. The Celtics have outscored their opponents 103-97. to They have held... Um, either the Bucks or the Heat, to under 90 points three times in those seven games, so that's very good. They have a better shooting percentage, they have a better three-point percentage, and they have a better free-throw percentage than their opponents. They're also out-rebounding their opponents by one, but they're beating, getting beat on the offensive glass by two. They're averaging 24 points per game in these last seven home games, which is nice, but it's not 25. You know my number. If you've listened to this podcast, 25 is just or more. The Celtics are basically unbeatable. And Here's the thing. They've only had 25 assists or more three of those last seven home games. So that's really not ideal. But most importantly, they're only turning the ball over 14 times, which is huge because 13-2, and two, let's do the math. <clears throat> it's it's not ideal, but it's a, it's a reasonable average. And they're also forcing their opponents to have 21 turnovers, which is lovely. And the Warriors are 3-4 and four on the road. So the Warriors aren't that great at home, and the Celtics aren't that. Uh, sorry, the Warriors aren't that great on the road, and the Celtics aren't that great at home. So, yikes! But the negative here is this: Jalen and Jason, in the last seven home games, have combined for a total of eight assists per game. But they've also combined for a total of seven turnovers per game. You do not beat the Warriors that way. You don't. Each of them in the last seven games, have two games each where they each have seven turnovers. At home. Yikes. Jalen shoots 65% from the free throw line and is only a plus two overall in the seven home games. Now, remember how I said the Warriors are three and four on the road? When you're like, oh, well, that's good. So in the last seven home playoff games the Celtics have scored 109 points four times the Warriors have done that on the road five out of their last seven on the road yikes yikes now listen 
I'm confident in the Celtics team. I think the Celtics team can really take control of this series and win game three. The Garden is going to be rocking. Like a 9 p.m. start, you're going to give us an extra hour to drink. You're going to give us an extra hour to get rowdy. You're going to give us an extra hour to possibly take a power nap. All of it. But there are three things the Celtics have to do to take control of this series on Wednesday night at 9 p.m. at TD Garden in the NBA Finals. Number one, say it with me, don't turn the motherfucking ball over. Just don't do it. Please, take care of the ball. Make the right play. Don't force it. You you can't give the Warriors easy hoops because they, they already make it look so easy. Number two, play your game. Don't worry about the refs. Don't worry about Draymond. Don't worry about Jordan Poole. Don't worry about how Steph Curry's, you know, lighten it up. Don't do it. Focus on you and nobody else. And number three, keep the ball moving without turning it over. If you don't have the basketball, move without it. V-cut, backdoor cut, something, something. Like set a screen, set an off screen, off ball screen, whatever the case may be. Just move without the ball and don't turn the fucking ball over, but also keep your head in the game. All right, series one-to-one, NBA Finals, one-to-one, game three, Wednesday night, TD Garden. If you can't go to TD Garden, make sure you go to Big Night Live, buy your tickets, 20 bucks for the watch party. And that's really all I have to say. Don't turn the fucking ball over. Don't turn the fucking ball over. Don't turn the fucking ball over. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.